Well, welcome again, everyone, for joining. This is Ecclesia United. My name is Anthony Richardson. I am the founder and the president of Ecclesia United. Thank you again for joining us. Um, <clears throat> if you have not already formally subscribed, <coughs> excuse me, if you have not already formally subscribed, I would enjoy, I would uh, implore you uh, to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast our library. Um, you can do that wherever you receive or find your broadcast or consume consume your broadcast, consume your podcast. Um, and uh, you can be notified of uh, upcoming or updated uh, podcast released and, and uh, other content that we're releasing in our podcast library. <clears throat> so I want to thank you again for joining us. Um, this is something that's been in my heart for a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and it has to do with... Um, uh, with the body of Christ. And now, uh, the, the title of this, I've purposely tried to make very provocative, um, because we have this, we have this notion or this, this, um, I don't know, it's kind of a, a way that we think about things. And so when we, when it comes to, to church in particular, um, a lot of people are very accustomed to going to church. So Sunday morning typically is that day someone gets up or they're preparing even the day before you hear them say, you know, something like, um, you know, we may have to, you know, they can't they can't hang out as late with friends because they got to get up and go to church in the morning. Or, um, you know, they, they, they may be excited about going to church uh, or or um, things of that nature. Um, and so I'm, I'm not. um, um Bashing, we're not bashing anybody who has made those statements, but what we're trying to do is cause or provoke the thought processes of each of us individually to undergo a paradigm shift in the way we see things, uh, especially the church. Now, I, I, I in particular, I don't go to church, uh, and 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 this is it's going to sound funny. I don't go to church. Um, and neither do you. We don't go to church. Um, according to the scriptures, and I'll read some for you. And, and uh, one particular heavy verse of scripture I think is very apropos to this to this particular uh, installment is um, we, we, we it's coming from First Corinthians chapter 12. I'll, I'll read them verses 12 through 27. I'll read them and then we'll bring some context to it and it will close out. Um, but we we are not the church. I'm sorry. Th let me say that differently. We don't go to church. We don't go to church. We are the church. I said that by mistake earlier. So disregard that. We are the church going to worship. So when it comes to Sunday uh, mornings or Saturday evenings, what have you, whatever day it is you're going to worship on, you're not going to church you are the church going to worship um, so that that's a different ideology that's a different mindset that's a different way to see things because for one on one hand it causes for you as an individual to consider how you are conducting your daily life. Now, this is going to make sense a little bit more as we get into First Corinthians chapter 12. But as you are conducting your daily life, and when you understand what the church is, then this causes for you to, to, to one, change 
change the way you conduct your daily life. Um, so, so you can't separate uh, as a believer in Jesus Christ. You can't separate what you do on Sunday when you go, when you quote unquote go to church or Saturday when you quote unquote go to church. You can't separate that action from who you are as an individual because the two are inextricably tied together because you're not going to church. You are you are the church going to worship. So if you are the church going to worship, then you are the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you are the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week, then that will cause for you to consider your actions as the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's there's signets that, that you are to exemplify and that you are to um, uh, carry out. There's, there's a character, there's a signature to the walk of the church or to the walk of a member of the body of Christ. And that's what we have to uh, coalesce our minds around. Else, if we just separate church to be a Sunday morning, Saturday evening type experience, then what we do Monday through Saturday tends to be not a reflection of one who is a member of the body of Christ or a member uh, or or the church expressing uh, in in day to day life. So. Keep that in your mind. I want to read something to you. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, beginning at verse 12. And um, and then we'll and then we'll wrap up from here. Um, so I may stop in between and kind of give some context uh, about what we're talking about. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, I'm going to read from the King James Version. Um, For as the body is one and hath many members... And all the members of that of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free and have been made all to drink one spirit that that that. That dividing or that not dividing, but that uh, distinction or that calling out that we're one body, whether we Jews or Gentiles, bond or free. Uh, this this tears down the walls of partition that will cause for one to say to another member of the body of Christ that you aren't who I am or you don't vote like I vote or you don't have the same skin color as I have as me or you don't make the same amount of money as I do or you didn't go to the same school as I did. All of those differences that individuals would attempt to bring up to show a difference in between the members according to that scripture it's null and void. It means absolutely nothing. Jew or Gentile, bond or free. We have all been made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. 
So the body of Christ, this is a reference to the body of Christ, which is the church. Uh, it'll go on later and say that. But for, for, for the body is not one member, but many. So there's many individual members in the body of Christ, i.e. the church. And each one of them has a particular significance to the body. So just think about your own human body and all the many members of your own human body. You've got your fingers, you've got your hands, your thumbs, your wrists, your, your, your arms, your legs, your upper torso, lower torso. Uh, you've got feet and toes and all the different organs and different parts of your body. Each one of them make up the body. The full, so, 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 so the representation um, or the, the or the single word to describe all of those members of your physical body, all those different members of your physical body, the single word that's used to describe them all collectively is the body or the human body, however you want to say that. But this one body collectively as a whole has many different members serving many different functions. So for the so first verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. Verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And verse 16, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? The, the, the answer to the both of those is no, all of them are a part of the body. This tears down the, 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 and we actually, I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself when I'm going to say what I'm about to say with what I'm about to say. I'm a little ahead of myself with what I'm about to say, which is this, those last two script verses, verse 15, uh, uh, 15 and 16, tear down this desire or this comparativeness uh, two other members of the body as if the other members of the body have um, are more important than other members of the body. Um, let's keep going. Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? So if everybody's an ear or is everybody's a nose in the body, then the body cannot fully function in its full capacity because we've got members out of place or members that are missing their place. One, this is one of the important reasons I firmly believe for evangelism and and telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, because when people make that cognizant decision to 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 make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, they're engrafted into the body. Uh, of Christ. And then that engrafting into the body of Christ ultimately increases the strength of the body. So it's very important that we are reaching out and evangelizing and telling people about the good news of Christ because the desire is to strengthen the body. So verse 18, but now hath, but now hath God set the members, every one of them 
in the body as it hath pleased him. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? So it's saying that you don't have a full collective description, i.e. the body, if you don't have many different members. So the many different members, the fact that there's diversity in the membership or diversity in the members of the body of Christ constitutes a body. That's interesting as it says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 19, if they were all one member, where were the body? Verse 20, but now are they many members, yet but one body. Verse 21, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. This, this, this tears down this ability to say that, that, that you can separate from the other members of the body and leave them in one place because they don't meet up to whatever your standards are. You can't separate from them as if they're not who they are or they're not members of the body. Uh, and call yourself a member of the body. You you can't do that because both the hand and 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 the uh, head and the feet they all have need of each other collectively operating doing their specific functions so that the full body can advance forward. So verse twenty two nay. Much more, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. So those parts that you seem to be very feeble, the scriptures are saying or God is saying that they are even more necessary. The parts that you call feeble or refuse or maybe no need of it, those are the even the more necessary. Those small little members of the of the body. I'm thinking about and I think it's in uh, in James where it talks about the tongue being a small member of the body is very powerful because with our words we actually shape the atmosphere uh, in which we live. The scriptures would say it like this uh, in the book of Proverbs: "Death and life are in the power of the tongue." When you when you break down that scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and particularly you look at that word power and you trace back it trace it back to its Hebrew origins, that word power is is literally means hand. It's a Hebrew word, it's pronounced Yad, it's pronounced Y-A-D. Uh, so so if you were to put that into that scripture and, and reread that scripture, it would say death and life is in the hand of the tongue. So what are the hands of the tongue? We have to go to John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning. And without God was not anything made that was made. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And so th- this, this, this word, the word, word in John 1 come from this, comes from this Greek word, logos. But the root word to the word logos is this word, lego, which we are very familiar with. If you ever have grown up with lego building blocks, that it's the same concept. 
the, the words that you speak are the building blocks that go out and create the atmosphere in which you live. So, 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 to, so to bring context or proof to that, we have to go back to the beginning in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God... God, he starts talking about the forming of the earth and God said, let, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, let there be light. With the words God said, there was light because the word is the Lego, the word is the logo, so the logos is the Lego, and the word is the Lego, and the Lego is the word, and the word that's spoken are the Legos or the building blocks that builds the environment in which we are living in. So when God says, let there be be it is so in accordance to what he said because God's word will never return unto him void but it will accomplish that which he pleases and it will prosper in the thing whereto he has sent his word Jeremiah 29 11 I know the thoughts that I have towards thee then that word thoughts is not thoughts in terms of thinking thoughts the word there when you break it down it literally means I know the words that I have spoken towards thee good words and not evil words to give you an hope and an expectation. How do you have an hope and an expectation? You have a hope and an expectation because of the word that God has spoken regarding you. And because God has spoken the word regarding you, then God's word will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish that which he pleases and it will prosper in the thing whereto he has said it. So if God says you are healed by his stripes, you are healed, then you are healed in accordance to what he has said. If God said, let there bring forth vegetation out of the earth, vegetation will come forth out of the earth if God says let let someone open up the door for you and to bring you into another realm of promotion and glory in your life then that's what it will be whatever God speaks that's what it is Even the scriptures even go further and say heaven and earth shall pass but God's word will not pass so what he has spoken it will come to pass and so this 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 unruly member of the body that we call the tongue is a very very powerful institution and according to first corinthians chapter 12 verse 22 uh nay much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary in verse 23 and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness verse number 24 for our comely parts have no need but God, but but God hath tempered the body together having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked Let's read that in the new in the NIV. I'm going to go back to verse uh, 22 in the NIV. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God had, let me go back because I hit the button and I advanced in, in my scripture here. And I'm uh, in, my, in my Bible here as I was reading. Sorry, let me go back. And I'm going back to number, verse number 24. Actually, 23. And the, part, and, and the parts are unpresentable. And the parts that 
are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our part, our, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. Verse twenty. This is all in verse twenty-four. So while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack. Verse twenty-five. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. God does all of this to put greater weight on the part on the pieces that seem to be less honorable because the piece the pieces that seem to be honorable already have an uh, have already have an abundant measure of weight and 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 in comparison to the two the two are equal. This speaks to diversity in the body of Christ. This speaks to fairness and equity in the body of Christ. This speaks to the people that may have different types of gifts in the body that seem to be not the most coveted gifts. So people really like to covet the prophetic office because it seems so cool and you can foresee things and foretell things. God is saying, well, what about those gifts of administration? Those gifts of administration, he's put even greater honor upon the gifts of administration. Uh, because they seem to be the less presentable parts, but it's a very needed and necessary part of the body. For without the gifts of administration, you have chaos in the body. But the gift of administration is bringing organization and administration to the body. So you need each element, each member operating in their various gifts to carry out their particular functions in the body. This also is it speaks to individuals who may not have those gifts that everybody seems to covet after you may not be the pastor or the preacher or the teacher or the evangelist or the prophet or or speak in new tongues or have the gift of interpretation of tongues or all the different gifts that are out there but whatever the gift is that God has given you that gift is an extremely significant gift and without that gift the entire body is weakened if your gift is not expressed and allowed to move forward or allowed to come out and allowed to be who you you are if you we are not if we don't allow you to be who you are then we are desecrating and weakening the body of Christ and God is not for that so verse number 25 uh, um, uh, back in the King James that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another there should be no schism or division in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another verse 26 and whether one member suffer all the members suffer with it or one member be honored all the members rejoice with it. Now I'm, I'm going to bring up something, and this isn't this. I, I'm, I'm, re, re, you can do Google searches for all these these scriptures that I'm bringing up. So sometimes I'm kind of things are kind of coming to my mind, and I don't have the time and the flow to go and bring up the scripture or to search out the scripture. But the, it's in the book. I remember one of our old teachers uh, uh, when I was in, in when I was in ministry school uh, would say, uh, "It's in the book." It's in the book. What I'm telling you is in the book. And so what I'm about to say is in the book. It's in the book of Hebrews <clears throat> where it talks about that we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It's talking about Jesus Christ, who 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 we have as a high priest who can be felt, who can feel our infirmities because he lived in the similitude of a man, came and was born of a virgin, lived in the body as a man and felt the same things we felt so he can 
sympathize with us. And and what and what uh, what I want you to get out of that particular scripture is this revelation, is, which is when God says that we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That word feelings that's used there, it's a very very interesting word. And check out all the words that are very synonymous with this word. So the word feelings there is 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 actually the is actually a word that we're, where we get our our English word symptoms. So 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 the word feeling uh, it's used there is is uh, where we get our English word symptoms. Check out what else comes from that. Sympathy comes from this word as well. Uh, symptoms. We just said that. Uh, also, this is the same word that's used um, when we talk about communion. So communion comes from this same word and fellowship comes from this same word and feelings comes from this same word. We've said that. I've said that a couple of times. Uh, 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 feelings, symptoms, sympathy, um, uh, communication, communion, fellowship. All of those words all come from that same word. They all boil down, boil down to the same root word, soon, pronounced, uh, pronounced soon, spelled S-Y-N. So, so when we say God cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, we have not a high priest who cannot be touched. We have not a high priest who cannot be touched. That is, that is to say, we have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That is to say that Jesus feels what we feel. And as members of the body of Christ, as we are, as believers in Jesus Christ, having given our lives over to Jesus, as members of the body of Christ, we can feel other members of the body. So, so, so this is a very, very true uh, a statement, what I just made, because I have physically felt in my own body symptoms that other people were experiencing in their body. And I think that God does that uh, so that we can have sympathy. Oh, the other word that comes out of that word feelings is the word empathy. So empathy and sympathy and symptoms and synchronization and uh, symptoms, all that stuff and communion and fellowship, all of that comes from the same word. And I believe that God gives us these symptoms and gives us these feelings so that we could have empathy towards our brother and our sister who are other members of the body of Christ. I remember a young man, he was making mention of, um, this shows how connected the body is. He was making mention of um, the fact that he had, a, he, had a, he had a problem with, I think, one of the discs in his back. And the, and the disc, that, 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 that problem with that disc in his back also caused for them to actually limp. And, and so you can see how the back affected the legs. The legs affected the back. And it also affected his feelings. All of these things are connected all together because the body, when one, according to this scripture, verse 26, and whether one member shall, and whether one member suffer, all mem all the members suffer with it, or when, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So now ye are the body of Christ and members in 
particular. So, so the body of Christ are the members. The members are the body of Christ. The body of Christ are those that have given their lives over to Jesus Christ. These are the members of the body of Christ. And we are all many members, yet one body. And we're all interconnected with each other. So there is no division in between us. Uh, where we can separate ourselves and say, well, there's the church over there that worships over there. And here's another church over here that worships over here. And the never the two shall meet, never the twain shall meet. That is an error in the expression of the body of Christ. And one of the things we wholeheartedly believe here at Ecclesia United is that we, we are for ecumenical unification. We are for uniting the many different members of the body of Christ who tends to be very divided in their expression of faith because they have, they have differences in theological views, Baptists from Methodists, Methodists from AMEs, or, 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 or you've got uh, Kojic from church and church. Church of Christ uh, or Presbyterian from non-denominational. All these different sects or all these different denominations or all these different uh, 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 members of the body of Christ have been very divided in their expression. So you don't typically see in, in our mainstream society many of those different theological persuasions actually worshiping with each other. And that is a grave error because what it's what it suggests is that the body of Christ is divided. Now, here's one very distinct thing. We are the members of the body, but the head of the body is Jesus Christ. And so if we are saying that we can't worship with other other believers in, in Jesus Christ because they have a different theological persuasion or they don't sing the same songs, they don't have hymn books like we do or whatever the differences is that you want to try that one would try to bring up. Those are errors in the expression of the faith or the, going further, the expression of the body of Christ, because you're suggesting that the body of Christ is divided and separated from one another or dismembered, which that's not true. The body of Christ is whole. It's one body with many different members. And so each one of those members collectively make up the body and each one of these members needs the other members of the body in order to unify the body and increase the power and the strength of the body. So no wonder our adversary works very hard at trying to divide the body so that the body, because a house divided against itself shall not stand. But God has raised up a remnant and there's people that are coming to the body of Christ and they're further strengthening the body of Christ. And we need you uh, to give your life, if you haven't already done it, we need you to give your life over to to Jesus Christ. One, it's for your own benefit. It's for your own benefit so that you are saved. You don't spend eternity in hell. The second thing is so we can strengthen this body and move this body forward and further advance the mission of the gospel of Christ with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that mission that he has given to the church who are the believers is to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And for those that will believe, they will be saved. And for those that do not believe, they will be damned. 
formed. And so this is this is what we are supposed to do. This is our expression. This is what we're supposed to do uh, is, is live that out as many different members, but one body. So it's it's not it's not enough. I want you to shift your mind. I'm kind of going back to the beginning. I want you to shift your mind around this because we don't go to church. We don't go to church. We don't go to church. I don't go to church. I am the church going to worship. And you need to make sure that you have that expression in your head or that understanding in your head because your everyday living, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is not divided from your expression as a member of the body of Christ. The two are one. They are the self-same thing. You, as a believer, are a member of the body of Christ. As a member of the body of Christ, you are a believer. These two are inextricably tied together. And and as a member of the body of Christ, you are the church. You are a you are a member of the church. Therefore, you are the church expressed as one member of the church. But the collective body of of believers is the full collective body of the church in which Christ is the head of that church. So we get all of our cues, we get all of our animation, we are, we get all of our neurological impulses, we get all of our, our movement, we get all of our regulated body functions from the head, the brain, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We get it all from Him as head of the body. Uh, and so that that's very important. So we can't separate. We can't separate Monday through Saturday and live one type of lifestyle. And then on Sunday, go and check the box because you went to church. You've got you've got the picture wrong. You ain't going to church. That's bad English. But you ain't going to church on Sunday. You are the church going to worship. And all week long, you're going to work and worshiping. You're driving down the car and we're driving down the street in your car and you're worshiping. You're in the grocery store and you're worshiping. Everything about you should bring context and glory and 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 um and point to Jesus Christ. So when people encounter you, they should encounter Jesus. So if you're lying and stealing and and cussing and being impatient and all those different things, you are not exemplifying the body of Christ. You're not exemplifying Christ because Christ Christ doesn't do those things. So the characteristics in which you play out, the characteristics in which you play out and live in your physical expression in your daily lives, then you um, you are 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 expressing Jesus Christ. You are expressing him. So when people encounter you, they should encounter Jesus Christ. Okay, so you can't separate those. They can't encounter encounter the nice you on Sunday because it's Sunday and you're at church, and so you're smiling and giving people all the 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 churchy type things or the or or the Christian type things. No, all day 
every day you are to be exemplifying the body of Christ and living out and expressing him so that when people see you, they are seeing the body of Christ or they're seeing Christ and uh, they're seeing Christ's body in which Christ is the head. So everything about you is reflecting this relationship and who Jesus Christ is. The other thing I wanted to say just kind of popped into my head, which is, it is one, one, just one thing to kind of further drive home that the last point we were making is that if you take, if you look at your fingertip, it has a fingerprint. That fingerprint is a unique identifier of you. So that fingerprint is, an, is a unique identifier of you. So if someone has your fingerprint, then they have you because that unique identifier or that fingerprint is only you and you only. So everything about you is unique and 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 you are and you are a member of the body and just just as unique as that it's just as unique as that fingerprint is to your specific body the fingerprint for the body of Christ is a very unique thing when the body of Christ touches something it should leave a fingerprint that has the DNA and the characteristics of who Jesus Christ is so his loving, his caring, his sacrifice, uh, his giving, his un unconditional love, his patience, uh, his fortitude, uh, uh, his faith, um, um, all those different aspects and attributes of who Jesus Christ is, is what we should be portraying and living out in our own physical lives. And so that's a very, very important distinction uh, for those of you who don't go to church. But you are the church going to worship. It's a very, very important phenomenon. Not phenomenon, that's the wrong term. It's a very, very important paradigm shift for you to make in your brain to connect you up with who you are and where you find your identity. Your identity is not found in what you accomplish or the degrees that you have or the money in your bank account. No, your identity is found in Jesus Christ. That, that your identity is identified by the fingerprint of Jesus Christ because you are a member of the body. So that fingerprint of the body of Christ from Christ's hand or, or, or that member of the church or that expression of the church, that is you. You are engrafted into that same body. So that fingerprint that identifies you as a body collectively in your own physical body, if it's that fingerprint, that one little fingerprint on your index finger, when you put it down on that paper and they take that fingerprint, that fingerprint identifies you, the entire you, the full body you as a person. It identifies your name. It identifies who you are. It, it's your expression of who you are. Uh, it, 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 it identifies your age. It identifies everything about you because all your individual unique characteristics are summed up by this expression and they, and they stay matched up uh, 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 together. Uh, in its expression, so I just wanted to uh, make sure that you had had this uh, had this particular podcast installment uh, open and available and ready for you. Um, uh, and I would implore you to consume this over and over and over again until it's down in your psyche. We we don't go to church. We don't go to church on Sunday, or we don't go to church on Saturday. Or we don't go to church whatever day you go to church on. We don't go to church as members of the body of Christ. We are the church going to worship.
and we're going to worship with other members of the body of Christ. So they're not less than we are. We're not greater than they are. All of us have equal weight, have equal responsibility, have equal purpose, and we have equal calling, equal destiny inside of Jesus Christ. And we're all one in Jesus name. Now, finally, I want to just uh, uh, speak to my brothers and sisters who have not yet accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. This is a fine time to do that now. You can be engrafted into the body of Christ right now now if if you have not uh, already i would say i would say I implore you to go back and and uh, uh listen to the podcast i think it's it has a title or something of the tune of uh here's how i know for, for uh, 30,000% for sure that god is real i want you to go back and listen to that if you are you if you have not accepted jesus christ your lord and savior just yet i would implore you to go back and listen to that and 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 because i give some very uh, two pointed calculations and and, and instances in my life in which the, the, Jesus Christ fully revealed himself to me and I know God is real and I want you to know that he is real and he loves you and he cares for you in fact he gave his life for you before you were even thinking of him he gave his life for you and so all I'm asking you to do is give your life to him because we need you we need you as a member of the body of Christ. We need you to strength, further strengthen this body. Why don't you join us today? All you have to do is just, make, just pray this prayer, some variation of this prayer. The key points in this prayer is one, confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And number two, believing in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. In accordance to that, in, accord, in, 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 in relationship to the scriptures, it says you are saved. So if you if you want to be a member of the body of Christ, I, I just implore you to pray this prayer or some variation of this prayer. Father God, I am a sinner, but you have died for my sins. I acknowledge my sins before you. And, and I'm pausing the prayer right here to say to you, you can in the secret chambers of your heart, just confess your sins. As many as things you can think of, the things that you may have been caught up in, the things you've said, things you've done, things you're thinking, all those different things. Just confess them all to Jesus Christ right now uh, and, and, and allow him to just uh, allow him to just uh, just be open and candid with him as if he's a friend sitting there right there next to you. Confess those things to him. And Father, we confess our, our faults and our sins before you, and you are just to forgive us in accordance to what your word declares. And Father, I believe that you have died for me. You paid the ultimate price. You gave your, your, your innocent, sinless life for me. That you took all, And you took all the sins of my life upon your own personal life so that I may live in your righteousness. And as a result of that, Father, I am saved. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. And because you died for my sins and rose of the dead, rose from the dead, I am saved because I confess that I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you, Jesus Christ, are Lord. And I am saved. And I thank you for your grace and your mercy as you extended to me. You've been trying to speak to me through many different situations. You've been trying to get my attention. You've got my attention now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for the finished work upon the cross. I am your son or I am your daughter. And I love you and I appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's your very first time praying that prayer or some prayer similar to that, then according to the scriptures, you are saved. 
you are saved. And because you are saved, you are now a member of the body of Christ. What I would implore for you to do next as a next step, as an outward expression of an inward conviction or an inward decision that you have made about your salvation, I would, ex I would implore you to go forward and be baptized. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward conviction and an inward faith and an inward decision that we've made. It's an expression to say, I have, I am going to separate from my old man. I'm going to walk down into this watery grave. I'm going to be buried. And when I rise up, what's going to be left on the bottom of that watery grave is my old person, my old self, my old way before I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I'm rising up in the newness of life. I'm walking out on the other side of this baptism pool or this or out of this watery grave as a new person, a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things have become new. You are a new creation. You have been regenerated or regenerated as a, as a member of the body of Christ. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were regenerated. And we thank God for you and your decision uh, to be a member of the body of Christ. And this body is much stronger because you are here. And I'm now asking you, after you get baptized, I'm asking for you to, 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 to be a student of your Bible, reading and studying. Be, be a student of prayer and an exerciser of prayer, uh, uh, even fasting. All these different elements that are part of your Christian faith to help to strengthen your walk. I, I want you to do those things. Find resources, find information, find ways to connect and understand more about, uh, uh, about Jesus, about who he is, what he's called you to do, your purpose and your destiny seek him seek him first put him prioritize him first above all things and according to the word of God seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you whatever it is you stand in need of that those things will be added unto you if you seek the Lord Jesus Christ first so thank you again for joining us we appreciate you this is Ecclesia United my name is Anthony Richardson and we will hear you or see you uh, or be able to talk more with you in our next installment. Take care and God bless you.